Welcome to episode seven of the AV Geeks Assemble podcast. I'm Andrew and I'm your host again this week. In this episode, we have another very special guest joining us to talk all things photography, aviation and cycling. With me to speak to our special guest this week are Ant. Hello. And also Matt. Hello. How are you chaps? Are you right? Yeah, yeah not, not bad, bad, mate. Yourself? Good. Yeah, not bad. Not bad. Um, so before we introduce our guest for this episode, uh, we do have some important news to share with you regarding the podcast. It is something we are very excited about and we do want to tell everyone the good news. Um, and take it away, mate. Thanks very much. Yeah. Um, so obviously, uh, those of you in the uh, Avgate community will no doubt have heard of Co-op Online, uh, which is, uh, Rich Cooper's new venture, uh, where it brings everything together in one place. He's got merchandise, he's got a Facebook group, he's got uh, Co-op TV and all these sort of wonderful things. Um, and he, he's actually uh, contacted us and uh, we're actually going to be part of the Co-op TV. So going forward from now on, you will start to see our podcasts in a video format, which is absolutely brilliant. Well, I say it's brilliant. I mean, you might not want to look at our faces every week, but... Um, at least, uh, yeah, it's, uh, I, I think it's great news and it's uh, an absolutely brilliant opportunity for us to, re to reach some more, uh, more listeners. I don't know what you chaps think. I agree. It is. It's a really good opportunity. And to be fair, really grateful to Rich and the guys over at Coat um, because it's, you know, putting a lot of trust in us. Like I say, this is our only our eighth podcast. Um, and the fact that, you know, people like that hearing it and have faith in something like this is, you know, it's really flattering. So uh, obviously from myself and everyone else to Rich and everyone, um, thank you very much. Yeah, we, yeah, definitely. I, I echo that. I mean, Rich has, uh, he's, he supported us. He's, uh, he shared the podcast uh, with his, uh, with his Facebook group on, on co-op online. And uh, for us to be, uh, for us to be part of that now is, uh, is just brilliant. And uh, it just shows how co-op, online is bringing the community together and obviously they share similar um similar values to us in that they want to sort of make it all inclusive and available to everyone so uh i just just want to say obviously that we will be keeping an audio version of the uh, of the podcast yeah. so uh, on top of joining co-op tv so you'll see our video version of the podcast on co-op tv and youtube but you will still be able to listen to our audio version of the podcast on Spotify and also which I know some people have been waiting for you'll now be able to listen to the audio version of the podcast on Apple Podcasts as well which will please the uh, Apple fanboys among amongst us <laughs> so uh, we won't get into that debate that's another podcast um, sorry mate what was that no, I said just guilty because I am one of the <laughs> Apple fans. Yeah, me too. Me too. Yeah. I, oh, I, right, fair enough. I, I, I like the Apple podcast, so I'm, I'm, I'm happy about that. So, yeah, that's all good. So, uh, yeah, good, good times ahead. And uh, hopefully uh, people will enjoy the video podcast as much as they enjoy the, uh, the audio one because we've, uh, we've had some great feedback from it. Agreed. Yeah. Um, for the Apple podcasts, um, just search for all one word. Uh, AV Geeks Assemble. So it's A V G W -E K S A W -S, S E M B L E. And that's all one word AV Geeks Assemble. Um, so, yeah. So basically, because um, as Ant said, we do know that a few of you have been asking um, for more ways of watching or listening to the podcast. So 
we hope that this uh, helps to scratch that particular itch. Uh, if there are any other platforms you would like us to join, um, let us know through Instagram or Facebook, DM, you know, whatever. Um, and also on top of that, we would love it if you would share the podcast wherever you listen to it or watch it now uh, with your friends and groups on social media, um, especially if you think it's something they'll enjoy. Um, but yeah, so with that aside, chaps, a um, little bit of chit chat to have before we get cracking. Uh, <laughs> now, the big news for me, <laughs> yes, I have finally been on a spotting trip. Yes. Now, <laughs> yes, we have pretty much plastered these shots all over our social medias. Um, so a few of us... Um, Let's just start off by saying within the current regulations with COVID and things like that, because obviously we don't want anyone to get upset and start thinking we're, we think we're above it. Um, we did meet for a spotting trip outdoors, socially distanced, all of that. Um, but to be honest with you, it was an epic few days. Um, like I say, my first ever spotting trip uh, and I miss it already. Um, <laughs> and Matt, are you shocked by that at all? Not at all. No. Yeah, definitely not. <laughs> no, not at all, mate. I mean, like it's been it's been so long so long coming this year that obviously just to be able to get out with uh, with your mates and sort of uh, get oh, yeah. back to the fence line and sort of take some shots, have a bit of banter, mm. sort of enjoy enjoy the smell of uh, <laughs> aviation fuel again. <laughs> yes. as, it, as it screams over your head, um, <laughs> it's better is there really? So uh, it was. Uh, it, like you say, it was uh, it was cold. Oh mate, <laughs> it just was, a little bit. It was just it was a bit cold for camping, but um, yeah, it, it, it's uh, it was uh, it was a quality couple of days, and uh, the action more than made up for it, I think. And, I mean, uh, considering we woke up in the morning and there was a blanket of frost and minus four <laughs> degrees. Um, in actual fact, the last morning we were there, I was at, we were we were driving to um, Lake and Heath, obviously getting ready. And I was driving with one of our members, Mike, and I just turned to him and I said, um, have we gone back in time? And he just went, what do you mean? I said, well, are we now in mid-January again? And he just laughed. And I was like, it's, I'm looking outside and everything is frozen. Yeah. I am in seven layers, including a onesie. I have no shame. <laughs> I was like, are we back in January? This isn't mid-April, but apparently it was mid-April. And by the afternoon, luckily, the sun did come out. It did. It did feel like January, didn't it? And uh, I mean, the, the, the two nights that we were camping, I ended up in my car both nights because it was just too cold to be yeah. outside. Yeah. Which is, uh, this is this is the crazy things we do for aviation, isn't it? So <laughs> that's one thing I said because obviously on night one, especially when we were there, we had the fire pit going, um, but we were just waiting until you know half one in the morning for a pair of Ospreys to return back to base, obviously back into Mildenhall. But it just got to the point that I was standing there, I could I could barely hold my camera because it was that cold, and I was thinking. <laughs> Are we really doing this? And then obviously the Osprey comes over with its halos lit, and you go, "I am really doing this." Yes, I am. It all becomes uh, it, it all becomes sort of uh, clearer, doesn't it? When 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 that thing that you've been waiting for for hours in the freezing cold finally arrives, and you think, actually, yeah, it's worth it. <laughs> yeah. yeah, definitely. Um, but yeah, so obviously, just to clarify, we did 
we did uh, three days at um, Lake and Heath and Mildenhall uh, with, for me, one of the one of the best parts was a little trip to Marham as well, which is only up the road, sort of 45 minutes. I'm a massive fan of the F35. Uh, we managed to see a uh, nice, yeah, we managed to see a nice four ship. Um, obviously off they went, did their thing, came back as a four ship, a nice run and break directly overhead and all did vertical landings. So that was a pretty yep. epic way of finishing Ooh. those days, I think. Yeah, well, n- n- knowing how much you love the F-35, mate, that was uh, it's definitely uh, a good way to uh, to finish the finish the trip for us. Like a it? kid in a sweet shop. Yeah, definitely, <laughs> definitely. I have no, I'm not upset in admitting that. It was outrageously good. Um, yeah. But yeah, if, if you got, obviously, that aside, we won't bore everyone because... <laughs> Obviously, so talking more about the um, the co-op link, what what do we think that means for us going forwards? I just think it's uh, for me. I think it's just a, it's a great opportunity to sort of uh, get the podcast to more listeners. Uh, I mean, like the, the 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 sort of the network that Rich Cooper's built up, and, and the sort of people that want to be part of co-op online, um, that they, they will that they relate to what we talk about. Do you know what I mean? They're like-minded people that they, they, they love aviation. They love photography. That's what they're there for. And that's exactly what this podcast's about. We're as much about the photography as we are about the aviation. So for me, it's, it's, it's a really good sort of collaboration and uh, I'm sure it will, uh, it will help us as much as it helps uh, Rich as well. Cause obviously he's, he's not really got a podcast as such as part of his repertoire on co-op TV. So hopefully it will uh, bring him some new, uh, new sets of eyes onto his venture as much as it all it all uh, add some listeners to our roster so that's that's great as far as I'm concerned yeah yeah I agree yeah cool. uh, right well although we do state this on every episode we must emphasize again that our opinions are entirely our own and that does also go for any of our guests either today or in the future so now that's out of the way it is time for our guests to join us on this flight We're still not quite sure on the final destination, but we'll see where it goes. So with us today is Royal Navy Merlin pilot and instructor, Chris Suckling. Hi, Chris. How are you, mate? Hey, Andy. I'm good, thanks. How are you? Yeah, not bad. Not bad. Thank you for joining us. We appreciate it. Pleasure. Um, And also, thank you for switching recording dates multiple times for us. (laughs) We do appreciate the, uh, you know, because it's not easy with what everyone does, especially yourself. Yeah, that's not a problem. I'm happy to help. Nice one. Cheers. Um, so tell us a little bit about yourself and how you got into aviation firstly, um, and then how you got into photography or whether it was the other way around. Sure. So it was probably definitely the aviation to begin with. So uh, growing up, uh, my dad was in the Navy as well. Uh, so I basically spent all my kind of younger years uh, around the Navy base, around aviation with him, sort of living here in Cornwall. Uh, He was down here at Cordrose as well. So I'd always kind of be popping into the squadron to see him, uh, whether it was at a weekend or after school and that kind of stuff, going to to air shows and that. So really, yeah, started out quite early. um, And that's kind of where it all kind of took off. and that's where sort of my, you know, love of aircraft and flying and, and really kind of began um, to where I am now. And obviously that, you know, that led a massive part to me deciding that I wanted to, to join the Navy. I wanted to fly. Uh, and here I am. And the photography piece really, um, I mean, I wouldn't, I definitely wouldn't call myself a photographer. I think that's far too generous. You know, I'm, I'm fortunate that 
they've got incredible uh, gadgets in GoPros and iPhones where you just point and click and actually what you get is pretty good without really much effort. Um, but certainly the last few years, uh, really sort of getting into Instagram and that kind of stuff and, and getting inspired and seeing what other people put out there has sort of uh, pushed me really to kind of put a bit more content out there, a few more photos. Um, I think for many years, it's certainly when I first started out flying, kind of photos and videos of flying and, and round was a bit frowned upon. Uh, and actually, you know, the early days, it really wasn't, you know, like GoPro is, is it's been around for a while, but to start off with, you know, wasn't that great. So the content wasn't really that interesting, but now all of a sudden it's taken off. And actually, I think it's like a, a pretty epic tool for giving people an insight into, into what we do uh, and allowing them, you know, that chance to get in the cockpit and see, see what's happening. So yeah, that's where it all really, really kicked off for me. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Um, I mean, to be fair, we are massive fans of your work on Instagram. Um, obviously great images from the cockpit. Um, as well as some of the stories that you show us. Uh, we're big fans of those. Uh, your different way of navigating the southwest of England, uh, which is one of your passions of cycling. Um, any plans of joining the Tour de France at all? Yeah, well, you know, I'm, I'm out of the country for a little bit soon, but I'm just sat here. I'm waiting for the call. So you know, I'm ready. I'm ready. Nice. <laughs> to, be, to be fair, like seeing you sort of the distances you cover on your stories, like it's, it makes my five mile cycle every week like look like a small fry, to be honest. <laughs> I mean, you, sure. you literally cycle around the whole of Cornwall in about three hours and I'm like, I can barely do around like my local area. <laughs> I'm not sure I've cycled five miles in my lifetime, to be fair. <laughs> <laughs> We're blessed down here. I mean, you know, Cornwall is a stunning place uh, and, you know, to be able to get out on a bike and and taking all the sort of coastal areas and sort of really enjoy it yeah it's really lucky really enjoy it yeah yeah no that's class that is beautiful class. part of the world yeah Very definitely nice. i mean i've been down there a few times i'm i live in the the neighboring devon um Ooh. but I, <laughs> I saw that reaction um but to be fair i did do a lot of work in cornwall last year so i was um you know driving to and from and like you say it is a very pretty part of the country um yeah so not the worst place to go for cycles that's for sure yeah definitely it's good yeah. um right so moving on we thought the best way for us to get to know our guest and obviously for the listeners to get to know chris uh we should play another one of our little games uh, so this week we're going to be doing another game of 20 questions. Um, if anyone heard episode three with Robin or episode five with Patrick, you remember how this goes. But for those of you that have not listened yet, here is a reminder of the rules. So we've got 20 questions to ask Chris and we have to guess the aircraft. Um, so we have no idea what it could be. We've got to figure it out. We've got to break it down bit by bit. Um, yes or no answers. And we will see how we get on. So if everyone's clear on the rules, feel free to play along at home or in the car. So I will start, then we'll go for Ant, and then we'll go for Matt. You all happy with that? Yep. Right, okay. Importantly, has Chris got his uh, aircraft in mind? Yep, I've got it. <laughs> yeah, yeah he's been running hard about this. Right. Don't okay. Change, <laughs> he's, he has changing your mind <laughs> halfway through. Yeah. <laughs> Um, right, I'm gonna let's start on a nice easy one and say, is it a rotary winged aircraft? It is, yes, it is. All right, 
Okay. Um, is it something uh, that you currently fly? No. <laughs> that would have been too easy. <laughs> yeah, it would. Is it currently in use with the Royal Navy? No, it's not. It's not. Okay. Um, have the Royal Navy flown it in the past? No, they haven't. Ooh. Okay. Um, is it an army uh, helicopter? No. Okay. <laughs> is it a Royal Air Force helicopter? <laughs> oh, that's not. Um, is it a helicopter that the United States use? No, they don't. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, oh dear. Oh, God. No, we're struggling. <laughs> okay. okay, so let me just recap. Um, yeah. It's rotary. Uh, it's not something that you currently fly. It's not Royal Navy. It's not former Royal Navy. It's not Army. It's not RAF. And it's not US Air Force. Or just US in general. <clears throat> okay, no, sorry, not... US in general. Sorry, yeah, yeah my bad. Okay, so is it a civilian helicopter? No. <laughs> okay. Oh, my head hurts already. Yeah, I know. <laughs> you Cheers, can tell how much we, us three, know about helicopters, I don't know, you? Yeah. <laughs> I an airplane, shouldn't I? <laughs> <laughs> you just put a big spotlight about how much we know, that's all. It's fine. <laughs> yeah, my knowledge on helicopters is not great. <laughs> yeah, it's all good. Um, we'll get there. I'm stumped already, to be honest. It's all right, mate. If you're stuck, then we can we can uh, <laughs> we, we, we'll just we'll just start firing questions out. We're already on number nine, by the way, so we're struggling oh, at the moment. Oh, yeah. loads. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> it's all right. You, you know what it is. <laughs> right. Um, I might go for a random one and just say, is it in use with the Luftwaffe, German Air Force? Oh, uh, no, I don't think it is. No, okay. Actually, uh, is it a helicopter that still flies today? Yes. Okay. Yes. Okay, so that's 10. The savage thing is, is I literally, I've only got one helicopter in mind that it could be, and if it isn't, that's me done. <laughs> <laughs> Do you want a clue? Um, let's... He's got a good on this one. Yes. Um, let's just try and think outside the box a second. So, oh no, screw it. We'll have the crew. <laughs> we'll have the clue. <laughs> right. So it has been described as a flying tank. I don't want to use my only guess. That's the problem. <laughs> <laughs> well, ask ask a question that will will sort of narrow main, it down to that. The main guess. user of it is quite fond of vodka. Right, okay, right, so okay. it's a Russian helicopter. There you go. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> that still doesn't help. But what it does do is it does blow um, my uh, guess out. Not, uh, I can't remember the name. If Martin was on here, he would have got this like he weeks would have got ago. This or, ben. <laughs> or Ben, yeah, he would have got it weeks ago. So... They're going to be listening back to this going, I know what it is. <laughs> They'll be shouting at the screen. They will, yeah. <laughs> I'd imagine a lot of people are, to be honest. Yeah. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> I, I, 
think I know what a helicopter it could be, but I can't yeah, remember I, the name of it. I've got, I've got an idea. I know the nickname of it, but I don't really know what. Don't really know its proper name. Nickname works. Maybe Maybe the are, nickname. Um, I think the one I'm thinking of. Is, Ask, it the hind? is it the, I think it's called the Hind. Is that a question? Uh, yeah. Yeah, it's the Hind. Oh, <laughs> Matt's got it. There we go. Yeah, MI24. So uh, uh, Russian helicopter gunship. So it's kind of like Apache, but on steroids. I mean, the thing. <laughs> that, that was the one I was thinking of. That was my only guess. <laughs> that was the one I was thinking of. I just couldn't think of the name Hind. Yeah, it's got the little bubble cockpits at the front. Two I was yeah. doubting. I was doubting myself with the Mi twenty four. I'm like, is it the Mi twenty four? I'm just going to go with Hind instead. <laughs> yeah. Well, there yeah. we go. I think, technically speaking, in a way, we might have got that. <laughs> or am I being generous? Yeah. No, we, you we just probably, got it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We probably used about six questions having the clue. To be honest, so <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's fine. But we wouldn't and have got uh, there otherwise, because we we're all thinking, no, he's not going to pick anything Russian. It's not yeah. <laughs> Well, like, yeah, we'll go through every country in the world, and eh? he's not going to pick Russian. Like I say, the, the funny thing for me was basically the only helicopter I had in my head, other than that, I was, was the NH90. But yeah, that was it. That was all I could think of. But um, yeah. there, there goes that. But yeah, all right. Well, in a way, well done, chaps. And for those of you listening, you can stop screaming at us now. We've yeah. done it. That's it. We'll go. We'll go and. Uh, we'll go and uh, have a. Helicopter encyclopedia for breakfast. Yeah, <laughs> that sounds good. So, Chris, why 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 did you choose that as your um like favorite airframe then? So it, well, it's just something different. So I'd love to have a go uh, and fly in it. And um, we have a thing called Tiger Meet on a lot of squadrons. So any squadron that has Tiger badge, Tiger affiliation, um, obviously, sort of pre-COVID would would get together once a year, have a big air show. Uh, and obviously sort of the Czechs and the Russians and use this aircraft they'd come across and you do get the opportunity to fly other people's aircraft and I've heard stories of guys going for a, a flight in it and just you just look at it and you think wow I mean it is literally it is a flying tank the Russians just build these massive you know bomb proof helicopters that just work um, and it just looks cool and yeah, you yeah. go fly that thing you know use the cannon let off a few rockets <laughs> great <laughs> to be fair it does look menacing doesn't it i mean i know the apache looks menacing but it's on a it's, it's slightly on a like you say yeah. on a steroid level menacing yeah. it's uh you, you wouldn't want one of them chasing you definitely not <laughs> so did you have any other sort of um favorite airframes or even air shows growing up yeah uh well um yeah definitely when i was younger i was i was obsessed with tomcats Yes. <laughs> cheesy it is. It's Top Gun, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. Watching Top Gun as a kid and seeing that. So F-14 for me yeah. was like the aeroplane. Um, so I was obsessed. Uh, and sort of air shows, I'm, I'm really lucky. So obviously I went to Caldrose Air Day um, quite a bit when I was younger. They do it a little differently to most other air shows. So whereas like Yeovilton and places like that is, you know, it's a really big event and they get someone in to deliver it. Whereas Cordrose is always a little bit smaller and it's more focused around the local community and families and that kind of stuff and getting them in. So it wasn't anything massive and you never really sort of had the big headlines. Um, and I was lucky enough when I was younger to live over in the States for a bit. Um, so I actually went to Miramar and I went to an air show there. Uh, and yeah, I got to see... The tomcat flying and everything like that so for oh. me it was you know, 
dream come true. That was yeah. incredible. So yeah. Yeah, really, really cool. That is amazing. You imagine seeing a Tomcat seen... at Miramar. Yeah. I've never <laughs> even seen a Tomcat on static. No, like, I haven't. On the I haven't. List, I'd love to see. Because the thing is, you're in good company with that as your answer, mate, because I think that's where we all started. Was, <laughs> yeah. yeah, Top Gun and the F-14. I think, you know, a lot of us still haven't even grown out of that, really. Yeah, no, I haven't. Yeah, definitely. I'm just waiting for Top Gun 2 to finally come out. <laughs> <on. laughs> yeah, yeah, it'll be here soon enough. Yeah, soon right. enough. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah. Um, Matt, you had a question for Chris as well? Uh, yeah. Um, do you take any inspiration for your photography? I do. Yeah. Well, obviously, Instagram is, I think it's, it's brilliant. You know, you get so much. Well, I say it's brilliant. It's good and it's bad, isn't it? Like, yeah. You know, I think it's pretty good because it connects you with people that you wouldn't necessarily normally get to, to meet and talk to. So you see a lot of good content out there and you can't help but sort of take inspiration, almost sort of pinch people's ideas or try and sort of develop them as your own. So so really, that was it. Um, a lot, you know, I don't mind, you know, there's this guy called um, Tom, helicopter guys on Instagram. He's a Norwegian utility pilot and he's a photographer as well. So if you look at his photos and stuff, from his sort of flying around not only has he got norway which is a pretty epic location yeah you know he's got that sort of skill as well to get it in the cockpit and take the photo so i sort of see his and just think wow i wish i could do that so you know I try to where i can sort of showcase cornwall and the bits and pieces that we've got in the aircraft um, where where i can but yeah you know it's just it's taking a bit of everything you know having you know We've all been there, haven't we? We come back and we have a we we get onto Instagram and before you know it, you know, you're five hours later or something. <laughs> yeah, right. You're still going, you you know, but yeah, you just you just sort of link from one profile to another and then you click on a photo, click on that tag, find a new account, start following them. And yeah, I think it's great. So that's really where most of it comes from. Awesome stuff. So you you know that obviously you said about um, that you pretty much use GoPros and uh, iPhones or, or phone yeah. whatever. Um, so so that's obviously your primary thing. I mean, like one of the things that we're trying to sort of do with uh, Avgeeks Assembly is just say that that's okay. Do you know what I mean? It, like do you know what I mean? It, like if you've got a, a camera in your pocket, then that's that's the best camera you'll ever have because it's in your pocket. It's with you. And you can get them shots and and the sort of shots that you get. Um, from the cockpit like that showcase like Cornwall and the coastline and sort of the, the environments in which you're working in day to day it just they're inspirational to us do you know what I mean and and we might have a, like I don't know a, an entry-level 500 pound DSLR or somebody might have a 5,000 pound like pro setup but it, you're inspiring us at the same time as we're inspiring you if you know what I mean so it, it just goes to show for me that it's not about what equipment you've got and how much it costs. It's about what you did, what you doing with that equipment and how you're sharing that. Uh, and I think that's, I think that's one of the things I love about your Instagram is that I get to see what a Royal Navy Merlin pilot's doing on, on his day to day and see the sort of views that he gets to see, especially when you're down around like uh, the Isles in the Channel Islands and things like that. It's just amazing, amazing pictures from there. So it's really oh, good. Yeah. Cheers, and thanks very much. And, and I'm no, glad it mean it, mate. Mean it. It's, 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 it's really, it's really nice to see, and it's like it's good to have that other perspective. And that's the great thing is, you know, because I, I look at all your accounts, and everybody else's, and to see that kind of sort of professional level of photo 
aspects that we often don't get to see do we because if we're flying you know we're, we're not going to see that and to see how you capture that image and frame it and all that kind of stuff and then i was listening to the last pod when you're chatting to pat about all your the different ways that you edit all yeah. the different colors and you know it blew my mind straight away yeah. i was lost but the passion and the dedication and the time that yourselves and all the other sort of aviation photographers put into it i mean it's huge isn't it so you know you see that photo and you, you look at it for a few seconds but you don't possibly appreciate the, the maybe hours of work and preparation that goes to get that that image so yeah okay it's funny because obviously, like I say, because we had Patrick speaking to us about all of that and like the, the depth that he goes into, you know, is, is pretty high. Um, you can tell as well. Um, but like we were saying, you know, we, we've got, because we spoke to Panic, who literally takes pictures on his iPhone. Uh, we spoke to Carly previously, who, you know, she's saying um, she likes putting um, almost her mood or what she's doing that day into the photo that she uploads. So it's quite nice to see the different ways that people do things, um, you know, because a lot of yours, you know, you're, you're showcasing your love of flying, you're showcasing your love of Cornwall, of cycling. Yeah. Um, and it's nice because you you can tell that as well. You can see it like sometimes a picture doesn't have to be edited to see what it means to someone, which I think we see with your stuff. Yeah, and that's exactly sort of what I'm I'm trying to put across is just, you know, this is what, I enjoy and and thankfully there's a there's a few people out there that enjoy it as well yeah um, I do make you know I try and keep kind of like the photos on the page very specific I guess to sort of flying uh, and I try and mix things up with the stories of you know it might be the cycling or, or just walking or anything else that I get up to really yeah which people might be interested or not possibly. yeah <laughs> But, but that's it. I mean, like, uh, and that it's, 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 you've got to differentiate between different types of accounts. I mean, like, so yours is very much, I would say, a personal account. So, yeah. yes, you, you're sharing images from what you're doing as your day job, but you're also sharing images from your weekends off and obviously the time with the missus and like being out and about doing your cycling and things like that. So, but then other people like Brand there, they're like, like Andrew, for example, Afterburner Aviation, he's just, solidly focused on um on, on his aviation photography and, and, and yeah. but there's nothing wrong with that and and yeah. like I, I we all follow different accounts like that and it, it's they're equally as uh, as sort of inspirational to be honest i think yeah so uh no it's good to see yeah i agree um, on the um cycling side of things chris how long have you sort of been into that uh so probably about three years now okay um I mean, I, I bought a bike oh, about 10 years ago. I got really bored of running. And I just wanted to be... <laughs> Don't let Carly hear you say that. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I wanted to do something different. Um, so I bought a bike, went out, you know, classic, all the gear, no idea. <laughs> and I did a couple of rides. I got a couple of punctures and I just, I just gave up. Um, and that was it. I just sort of left it. And uh, like most good stories, you know, on a night out at work, a bunch of guys that I worked with. So I was working up at RAF Shawbury where we where we train our helicopter pilots. And a couple of the guys in the squadron had planned to go uh, across to Belgium and France. And they were going to do this ride called the Paris-Roubaix. So a big pro ride. Um, obviously, they start in Paris, finish in Roubaix. But the, the key thing to it for them is it's through cobbled streets. 
So like most kind of pro rides, um, amateurs generally sort of get the opportunity to ride some of the route the day before the pros come through on the race. So there was, a, I think it was a 108 mile ride and about 30 or 40 miles of it is across Cobble. And I'd heard the guys talking about it. They've been training for months and I just thought they were mad. Just not interested <laughs> one bit. And there was a week to go. We'd had a big works night out and uh, I've still got the email somewhere because at four minutes past three in the morning, I got my confirmation email uh, from the race organizer saying, yeah, your place is confirmed. A guy had dropped out uh, through injury and yeah, they managed to convince me over many beers that, yeah, I should go and do this. Do the drop. That's, that's where it started. You know, I had a week to go, no training, hadn't been on a bike for years and I, I tipped up with the rest of them and off we went and did the, um, the Paris-Roubaix challenge. That nice. sounds like a baptism of fire, that does. Yeah, it does. Yeah, it seemed like a really great idea at the time. And then I sort of had five or six days to contemplate what a massive error I'd made. <laughs> uh, and luckily, you know, out of all the guys that went, there was a sort of a good little three or four of us who potentially weren't the best cyclists. So we just sort of helped each other. We grizzed it out and um, yeah, we got through to the end, thankfully. So uh, yeah, it was, it was brilliant. It was a great day and I just sort of stuck with some of those guys and they managed to sort of convince me to keep going. Yeah. Um, and that's it. You know, I just, you know, I really like cake. So <laughs> join the club. Yeah. right. <laughs> I go out and do all these ridiculous rides just so that I can stop at different cafes, have a coffee, a bit of a cake. And uh, yeah, just kind of, really got into it now so yeah Wait, if that's what cycling is about i might have to take it out myself <laughs> it, i try not to yeah. go out unless i've got to stop somewhere for something nice <laughs> the height of lockdown was 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 great and awful so it was great because the roads were really quiet so that was nice you know you just, yeah you could go out not see anybody or another car or anything um but all the cafes were shut so yeah couldn't get your ice cream or your cake or your coffee. Oh no! So, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I can't I, complain too much. I saved a lot of money during that first lockdown. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> <I think we're laughs> <good. laughs> That's it. Sorry, Matt. Were you about to say something, mate? That's all right. It's all good. No, all right. Um, yeah, no, that's that's class. Um, yeah, I mean, have you done that challenge again since that first attempt? No, so we kind of thought about maybe this year we might get to go again. Um, but obviously that hasn't worked out. Um, so maybe next year, there's another ride, Flanders, which is a similar, it's an old classic, um, slightly longer, a bit hillier, and there's some cobbles in that. So maybe look at that next year or something. But yeah, definitely, if I can get a sort of group of us together, I'd be keen to go and, and do it again, now that I kind of know what I'm doing. <laughs> so yeah. Know, know what to expect now. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah. But maybe not knowing what to expect was the best way of approaching. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Definitely. Yeah, no, ideal. No, that's cool. Um, no, it's ideal because like I say, it's it's nice to see the differences in what people do outside of either photography or aviation. Um, and it's it is interesting for us to see and to see what you know your life is like away from the lens, I guess. Good. Yeah. That's not too boring. Um, I mean, a question for me, uh, as if I need to ask anymore. Um, obviously, with these air shows and stuff, have you ever displayed at any of them before, or have you ever done anything like that? Uh, well, yeah, I had a pretty mega part at the Cosford Air Show a few years ago. 
Nice. <laughs> no, we did we did a display from Shawbury, and I won't even really call it a display. Uh, yeah. There was I was in one of the they call them the Juno and the Jupiter, so the 135 and the 145. Uh, as a pair, we just flew in, did a couple of passes, um, came to the hover, did some spot turns, um, and the whole idea was there. I was I was then to uh, pick up Red Ten, the commentator for the Red Arrows, and take him back to Shawbury. So we kind of did a taxi service, but managed to blag it as a bit of an air. Uh, <laughs> That's quality. Nice. But the yeah, Reds had just finished. So I remember we got back to Shawbury. They all turned up. Uh, and I remember Red One coming in. And I just sort of said, oh, wow, that was, you know, what an audience. What a reception. You know, four, it was just, I can't remember, thousands and thousands of people. Glorious day. And he went, yeah, yeah, it felt good. And I went, well, obviously, they were all there to see me, not you guys. <laughs> <laughs> he just looked at me like, wow. <laughs> Brilliant. It's a joke, mate. Like, come on. So... <laughs> Uh, oh, that's good. good. <laughs> so, um, one of the questions I had was um, obviously recently you we saw from your Instagram that you'd celebrated reaching uh, three thousand hours as uh, as a as a Navy pilot. So, firstly, congratulations for that. Um, so, just to give sort of people in the real world sort of a bit of a more realistic understanding of. Uh, what that means and what sort of an achievement that is how sort of long did it take you to amass that many hours and sort of like does that include your training hours or you just sort of elaborate yeah, a cheers. bit um so yeah it includes all my hours through through day one to, to where i am now um i've had my wings now for just coming up to 11 years so at the time i, okay. I hit 3000 was about 10 years since i would got my wings and you generally, for most helicopter pilots, you get to your wing stage with about, I don't know, 250, gusting 300 hours. So, yeah, so around about 2,700 hours in that sort of 10 year period. Um, nice. Which is pretty good going, I think. It's probably slightly above average. I've been lucky yeah. that I haven't done any jobs outside of the cockpit yet. Yeah. Whereas, um, you know, lots of other guys will, will take a break and, you know, might go and look and do sort of career courses and that kind of thing. So they'll have a, a two or three year, maybe longer period where they're not flying. So, yeah, it, it was great. You know, I was glad, glad to get it. You know, big milestone. You know, we've got, we got some guys, you know, less so now, but you know, seven, eight thousand hour pilots. Wow. <laughs> you just got to look at the, some of the instructors at Shawbury because... You know, although they might have had 20 summit year military careers, they're still there as civilian instructors, you know, yeah. delivering training to military. And, you know, they're 15,000 hours, some of them. Wow. It's just <laughs> that's that's yeah. a lot of experience, isn't it? Yeah. And I suppose that's what you want from an instructor, isn't it? You want that experience there next year. So, yeah, you can't, no, you can't buy it. You know, it's just, it's priceless. Really, really good. Yeah. Have you got a sort of, um, milestone you want to reach before you you know retire or anything or because obviously i know i'm sure you've got a few years yet but have you got like a milestone in mind no nothing in particular i'm just okay. you know i'm happy doing what i do and you know you know i don't really set out to do anything you know it'd be great tick off four thousand at some point five thousand six you know all just depends on 
you know how long I I decide to do or you know how the kind of latter part of my career sort of pans out but you know everybody will tell you that I work with you know just the more hours the better you know yeah. anything that keeps me away from that desk or any kind of <laughs> paperwork or whatever yeah know, yeah I'm more, more for That's it Star enough. pig definitely <laughs> yeah I don't blame you fair play no I would rather be in the cockpit than be behind a desk definitely yeah <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah definitely um well we've also uh got some questions from the community as well because obviously we announced before this that you were our next guest um so obviously we've had a few people reach out to ask us some questions um we've just gone through a few we've chosen sort of two or three questions um so the first one uh is from joe boyer photos on instagram um and he asked out of all of the helicopter types that you've flown uh which is your favorite and why okay cool uh well thanks joe um so i think probably the juno so the 135 um I got to spend a few years up at Shawbury as an instructor and I was flying the squirrel to begin with the AS350. Um, and we've been flying that for about 20 years and that was, that was brilliant. Yeah. It's one of the sort of jobs I'd always wanted to do since I started flying. Uh, and I was coming to the end of my time about to come back to the Merlin. And then they just offered me the chance to extend for a couple of years and help bring this new aircraft into service and, and start teaching on it. So I thought, yeah, why not? Um, and it's just, it's phenomenal. You know, it's a really modern aircraft, which for us in the military is, is a surprise anyway. <laughs> <laughs> we don't often get, you know, the very best bits of kit, yeah. uh, but we're good at making do with what we've got. But this, you know, at the time was, it was up there. You know? Yeah. The cockpit was great. It had all the toys, everything and more that you could want really as a pilot flying around. But it was just, it was fun. It's a little helicopter. It's quick. It's got loads of power. Um, you can just throw it around, you know, like a sort of sports car in the sky. Nice. And, you know, I got to go and fly all around kind of Shropshire, Snowdonia, Wales, uh, you know, all those kinds of places, which are just phenomenal. Uh I can actually vouch for, for it being a sports car in the sky because I was actually in the Ogham Valley in Snowdonia one day and I was climbing up a, a mountain called uh, Penarolwen, which has got like a little sort of uh, a little cut out in the side with a lake. And yep. uh, out of nowhere, this, this Juno just come hurtling through the gap and just literally did it like what I can only describe as a tail slide around this lake. So it's like, like, and then <laughs> again, past me, and I was just like, what just happened? <laughs> it, it was gone again. It was over the other side of the valley then. And I was just like, that was amazing. Like, I'd never seen anything like it from a helicopter. It was just amazing. Yeah, it's, Absolutely. Yeah. It's probably you. Could <laughs> have been. Yeah. Yeah, it was a few years ago now, but it was, uh, yeah, it was, it was, I can definitely uh, see what you mean about it being a sports car of the sky, definitely. Yeah, a lot of fun. And, you know, like, don't get me wrong, you know, Merlin, great aircraft. I love flying it. Um, but just have something that's a little bit smaller. Uh, you know, we don't have to worry about taking a, an engineering team with us or anything like that. And, you know, the size, when you think about downwash and the it really limits where you can go in a Merlin because yeah. of the size of it and the support that it needs. Um, 
whereas the Juno, everybody uses it, don't they? The police, their air ambulance, all that kind of stuff. So pretty much every kind of landing site area that you can think of is is now inbound to you and available if you want yeah. it. Oh, that's class. Yeah, yeah. nice one. Um, Matt, you're a big fan of the Juno, aren't you? You've visited Shawbury a couple I of do, times. I do like the Juno, yeah. I've been to Shawbury a few times and I definitely see what, what Ant said earlier. Well, what we said earlier with the sports car thing, I've been I've seen it being thrown around at Shawbury quite a few times. I do I do generally like spotting at Shawbury just to see the Juno. It's just cool. Yeah. It's busy as well because, you know... Yeah, it's really busy, yeah. You, 20, you look around everywhere. 29 of them, give or take, yeah. roughly. And you know what? There's probably, on a busy day, upwards of 20, 25 of them flying all around at any one time. Plus, you know, throw a few Jupiters in there as well. You know, the LFA is just busy. It's great. Yeah. If you know all the little locations for all the confined areas and places to go, then, yeah, you're just inundated with aircraft all day long. Yeah, yeah Shawbury's, Shawbury's definitely one of my most favourite bases to spot at, just just for the just how busy it is, and just yeah, just taking shots of yeah, just cool. yeah, good, good. Um, so another question we've got is from our editor Mike, um, who is a massive Merlin fan. Um, he's got a question for you. Um, so he has asked, uh, do you get to choose between becoming com becoming a commando helicopter force pilot or a maritime pilot? If so, what made you choose the maritime route? And if not, how are those decisions made around which pilots are given which roles? Cool. That's a yeah, good question. Um, you do kind of get a little bit of a choice, but it's not a big one. So what it all kind of boils down to is what what the Navy want, um, where do they need pilots, what airframes are available, what course is the next course that has space on it. Um, so generally, when you finish your time up at Shawbury, uh, you do your final handling test, the boss will ask you to submit a kind of top three to him. Um, and all the guys on the course will do the same. And then the boss with his training team and course managers they'll all kind of sit together and they'll try and take into consideration what you'd like and they'll weigh that up with what the navy wants and then you know all being well great you get the aircraft type you want if not then you go somewhere else um so definitely you know there was three of us on course at the time um we didn't really know what was available so at the time we still obviously had seeking we had links uh, we still had SAR seeking as well. So I'd actually put search and rescue at one point uh, as my top pick. Yeah. Um, and the boss had talked to me about that kind of in the lead up towards the end of the course. Uh, and they said, well, it's not available now. They've had to put uh, a guy had been chopped up at Bali. He was coming back rotary, a bit older, been in the pipeline. He needed to go through. So they were going to send him there. Um, and then he said, well, you know, you can have anything else. So I was like, oh, okay, don't really know what I want. Before we even got to the list, the boss called us all into the office and said, look, guys, you've all done really well on course. And look, you could fly any of the aircraft type that we've got if we had them available. And he just went, look, I've got one uh, commando seeking, it was at the time, and I've got two Merlin Mark One as it was, available. And he just went, by tomorrow morning, between the three of you, come back, tell me what you want. So we went to the bar. We did what any other... Matt Lowe's would do we had a few beers we played a game of spoof uh, and the winner of spoof got to pick his aircraft 
Um, so he picked the Sea King, which left us guys with the Merlin. Uh, and you know what? It, it, brilliant. Yeah. Um, I think lots of people get really kind of upset that they don't get what they want and they hear all these stories of this is better, that's better. But you know what? I've been doing it a little while now and I've talked to lots of different people and we'll all still have our banter and we'll yeah. all still think that ours is better or so-and-so's is worse or whatever it is. But, you know, it's still great to to go and fly a helicopter and do it. So, yeah. And even better, I think when I was younger, I didn't really appreciate what I had in terms of living in Cornwall and being down here. Yeah. But a lot of my teen years, I was like, oh, I hate Cornwall. I want to get out. And when I <laughs> decided to join the Navy, I thought, this is it. This is my ticket away from Cornwall. I'm never <laughs> Uh, and then obviously I get the aircraft that's based at Cauld Rose in Cornwall and, you know, where all being well, I'll probably spend the rest of my career. So, yeah, yeah it's brilliant. So on top of that, would you, obviously, I know they, you said um, there was one for the Seeking and two for the Merlin. Were you going to go for the Seeking? Uh, well, no. So I I think my original, I wanted to go do the search and rescue bit because yeah. to, it's pretty cool, isn't it? Search and rescue, saving people. Um, I wasn't really a fan of the links. Didn't really... Right interest me at all uh so then really yeah it was probably a toss-up between yeah seeking commando or the merlin and I hadn't really decided oh um, i see yeah yeah and obviously it kind of got taken out of our hands yeah it's fine but I've, I, you know I've, I've done the reverse of that now so i've sat there as an instructor with my students kind of wish list and sort of sat at these kind of boards that we have and you do there are certain skill sets that are better suited to a different aircraft um and you do kind of try and like fight the corner for your student and say well come on right this is what he really wants and it might be for family location or you know he, he this is what he's always wanted to do but it is interesting to try and get people what they want and understand the bigger picture yeah no oh, ideal no that's cool that's quite a nice insight actually because i've never actually knew it was like that to be fair yeah cheers, uh, cheers. that's all right no problem Definitely. We've got um, we've got another question from uh, what, from the community from uh, at George underscore aviation. And he simply asks, uh, what's the favourite part about your job? Uh, yeah, it's got to be flying. Yeah. <laughs> That's it. Every time I get into that <laughs> aircraft and, and take off, you know, it's, you know, a privilege. I love it. Um, and it could be something really exciting or it could be something really mundane you know go and do some kind of post maintenance check flight or something like that but you know i don't ever take it for granted you know, that i get get to go and fly you know it's what i wanted to do and that's what i continue to do you know it's great it's great fun yeah good answer and to be fair not a surprising one either <laughs> no, definitely <laughs> totally agree I don't um, enjoy all the paperwork before it and after it. And <laughs> <else that goes. laughs> um, so Joe actually had two questions for you before we move on. Um, and this one, to be fair, is quite an in-depth one as well. So I tell you what, we're hitting you with some in-depth questions, mate. Correct. Yeah. <laughs> so he's asked again, um, how does it feel to be taking a brand new airborne early warning system into service and going on the HMS QE's maiden deployment? Nice. So remember I said there's a bit of banter and rivalry between aircraft types. So yeah. we've now got uh, Merlin, ASAC, Airborne Surveillance and Control, uh, Crow's Nest, some people will, will know it as, um, or Baggers, Bagging. Um, 
yeah, baggers definitely was one of those aircraft that you probably went, oh, nah, I'm not doing that. They're, <laughs> they're weird people. They <laughs> Um, I think they all had, uh, if they all had, if they had children, they all had boys, which they thought might be to do with the radiation from the radar. <laughs> so uh, we kind of thought when the seeking went out of service, great, it's gone. And then all of a sudden they, they put a bag on a Merlin and uh, it was probably about a year, coming up to a year ago, they were looking for an instructor to go to the factory, to be taught by the test pilots how to fly it and come back and teach everybody else how to fly it and yeah it was me so it's like my dirty little secret that <laughs> you won't see anything on instagram yet at the minute uh but yeah you know i'm, a, I'm the bag uh, instructor on 820 squadron so nice awesome. i've spent the last yeah nine months flying it i've just been teaching the first we call them have an issue but the first merlin uh, mark two pilots to fly it got the first three guys up and running this week or last week sorry uh, and then yeah so now the plan is take the aircraft on board uh, and yeah we're um we're deploying pretty soon as part of the carrier strike group uh, there's lots of stuff out there online lots of media attention around it it's you no know, nothing's particularly secret or sensitive but yeah we've got a big trip coming out uh, lots of different events planned um but in terms of the new airframe, you know, yeah, it'd be interesting. Get it out there. You know, everything that comes in has, you know, teething issues. But you, you don't know that until you get out there and you start operating it and using it and you understand what does or doesn't work or what could work better. So that would be interesting. And, you know, to be the first ones to do it, again, adds a little bit to it. So, yeah, it should be good fun, I think, definitely. No, that's class. That's really cool. Just just following on from Joe's question there, obviously, um, just talking about the deployment and stuff. I mean, assuming, obviously, because we've not had any carriers for so long, this is probably going to be your first carrier deployment, I would imagine. Yeah, it is for me. So yeah. um, everything I've done up until now pretty much has been small ships. So I was a, a frigate pilot in everything that I've done so far in the Merlin. Yeah. Um, landed on some carriers. Uh, I think I landed on Ark Royal when we had it before mm -hmm. she went, just the once. Uh, yeah. American carriers, some bigger ships that we've got, but yeah, I've never, I've never been away and embarked and deployed in one. So, um, so this has got to be like really sort of like top level exciting for you, and sort of like because <laughs> if it was me, I'd be like a kid in a sweet shop. I would, I'd just be like, <laughs> yeah, I think it's great. You know, you join the navy because you do want to go away and I think mm. going to sea is brilliant um, and going off on a trip uh, and going to all the different little places that you go and sometimes it's places that you probably wouldn't go to yourself but you still have a great time um, and yeah. yeah you know I know QE's been across to the states a couple of times and they've done some trials and stuff but you know the first as they're as they're advertising it you know, the first operational deployment uh, you know, a massive task force, all the jets, all the frigates, destroyers, escorts, loads of aircraft. Um, yeah, it should be a real interesting, real opener. So uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, well, we're, we're, we're looking we're looking forward to your uh, Instagram and your Instagram stories. To be honest, <laughs> yeah, definitely. Well, that's it. And you have to. It's probably going to be quiet for a little bit until we sort of 
get somewhere yeah. and a bit of Wi-Fi or whatever. Um, well, yeah, certainly, you know, QE, we're going to be on there. Uh, we've got, obviously, our ASAC aircraft. We've got the ASW, normal Merlin Mark IIs, and obviously all the F-35s, you know, um, 617 and the US Marine Corps on there as well. So, yeah, it'll yep. be interesting. Nice. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> Can't yeah. wait to see, to see the images from that. That's going to be, uh, <laughs> that's going yeah. to be amazing. Yeah, definitely. Wow. I bought a new GoPro as well. So, oh, nice. <laughs> just for this trip as well, because I figured it would be a lot of good stuff to try and capture. So, that's yeah. it. New, new toys with lots of memory cards. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> oh, man. Looking forward to seeing the content you get there. That's going to be class. Fingers crossed. Yeah, mate. Um, so going on from that, um, what does the future hold for you with the Royal Navy? Yeah, well, that's the kind of immediate thing, and that will keep me busy for really the rest of the year. Okay. And then we'll just, we'll see. We, jobs-wise, you normally sort of two to three years is a pretty um, normal cycle, uh, and you'll move jobs, and that could be normally moving to a different squadron. Um, I've been lucky that I did Merlin for, you know, five or six years, I went and became an instructor, managed to stay up at Shawbury for four years, teaching up there, and I've come back now. Um, and obviously, you then, with a bit more experience, uh, it might be promotion, that kind of stuff. So it opens up other jobs within squadrons in terms of your experience or your supervision, and you can go and do those. They will, the Navy, that is, at some point, try and push me into a desk job somewhere, and uh, they call it broadening. And try and give you a bigger perspective of what the navy do and some people really enjoy it and certainly if you want to promote and you want to be the boss of a squadron or you know maybe you really push on in your naval career then you, you've got to go and do that stuff uh, i'm undecided at the minute I, yeah. you know i just i want to fly yeah I'm just happy to uh what they call do the circuit which is just sort of bounce from squadron to squadron and it's probably squadrons I've been to before and it'll be jobs that I've done before. But, um, you know, it'll keep me flying. Yeah. Which is the main thing. So we'll see. And, you know, I'm lucky I've got, you know, a fair few years left to me if I want it. Yeah. In terms of, you know, what the Navy have offered me. And I'll keep doing it. And I've always said from day one, you know, I just, I'll do it until I stop enjoying it. And then maybe I'll look for something else. It doesn't look That's like you're going to stop enjoying it anytime soon, though. <laughs> no, no, absolutely. <laughs> I think, I think, I think, in all in all forms of uh, jobs, like in, in different walks of life, like there are the people that want to climb the ladder and sort of like sort of get that promotion and move up the chain and whatnot. And then there's there's people who are happy doing what they're doing and that they've found the job that they enjoy doing. And there's there's, there's nothing wrong with that, is there? And to be honest, I'm with yeah. Like if I was flying helicopters every day, I'd want to be staying in the <laughs> in the cockpit rather than behind a desk. So fair play. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. You want to yeah. enjoy the time, don't you? And the, That's it. The downside for us is the more you promote and the more that you do climb that ladder the further away from certainly the cockpit it takes you mm, yeah. once you've been a boss that really is that's your flying career over and off you go and you might still obviously be working within the aviation environment but it's you know sort of more it will almost certainly behind a desk sort of policy and management. Yeah. it's funny because like you can see a similar scenario even in other jobs you know like for instance uh, like i've said before i'm an electrician i work on the tools you know I, I do different things and you you get those that are just happy to get in their van 
get their tools out of the van, do their job, go home. You know, they're happy to yeah. do that day in, day out, and they're happy. But there are those, again, nothing wrong with it, that do that, but are waiting for that opportunity to maybe get off of the tools, um, go and do some stuff in an office and things like that. And it, it just depends what you want, I guess, and what the opportunities that arise. Yeah, and fair play to them, absolutely. Yeah. And yeah. It's real simple, isn't it? Just, just do what you enjoy doing. That's a strong message and one that we do try and promote as well. You know, do what you enjoy, do what makes you happy. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. yeah. Um, I mean, that aside, I think questions from us, we're all done. So with that being said, Chris, have you got any questions for us at all? Yeah, go on then. So quite <laughs> fitting, actually. So you had your, your first little trip out, taste of going somewhere and taking photos, but... I wanted to know if there is a particular location, wherever it is, that you guys maybe haven't been to yet that is on your kind of like bucket list of, I want to go here and I want to take photos of aircraft here because... Right, I'll start. Well, here we <laughs> go, I, the list is long. No, no, it won't, it won't be long because, um, yeah, we, we, me and uh, one of the other uh, members of the group, uh, Ben, we had actually arranged a trip um for the end of may this year um obviously it, it's not happening now because of uh, because of the, the obvious but um yeah we wanted to go to germany um and we wanted to visit the the air bases in germany so uh, ramstein Buchel, um and then go up to vocal as well and maybe do spangleheim as well and we we're trying to get some uh, german tonkers because unfortunately for me um i sort of joined the aviation photography or, or i got the aviation photography bug just just as our tornadoes decided to retire <laughs> so uh i've got i've got a lot of memories of tornadoes but not a lot of photos of tornadoes unfortunately so i'm uh i'm trying to uh yeah trying to replicate that with um with hang on a sec good night <laughs> <laughs> in the morning <laughs> Right, we'll start again. So yeah, so obviously, uh, yeah, try, trying to uh, trying to sort of replace those memories with some actual photos, and unfortunately, Germany's the nearest uh, the nearest place that's got tornadoes that are still in active service. So uh, yeah, we did want to do that. Unfortunately, COVID has uh, meant that we're not doing that because it, we, unfortunately we haven't got five thousand pound lying around to sort of uh, pay to go out of the country. So <laughs> yeah. so what we're doing instead, uh, we've replaced that with a trip around. Uh, the Lake District and the Macloof. Um, so hopefully uh, we'll get some nice low level stuff instead. So there's always a plan B with aviation. That's always, uh, <laughs> that's always something that we do. So, but that, okay. that well, was one of the crossed. things I wanted you to do. You do get that, you do get that Germany trip at some point though. That would be, yeah. Be yeah, I mean, they are supposed to be in service with Germany another couple of years and no doubt they'll probably come over here for one of the exercises before, before they do retire. So if we catch them over here, great, but, Obviously, it'd be nice to catch them in their own environment, sort of thing, and and go and visit some some new bases. So yeah, definitely. Yeah. Obviously, yeah. and before myself and Matt answer that question as well, um, obviously one of the ones Chris said on top of that is anywhere that you'd recommend or like the number one place. I can assume I know what your answer is, but what is your answer? What oh for what my like as in my favorite place for spotting? Yeah. yeah. Oh my my favorite place for spotting. Yeah. Because it was obviously um, a collective question, but oh, <laughs> um, it's got to be the Mac Luke for me. I knew it. <laughs> <laughs> I knew it. 
Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I just low level seeing jets in the wild or, or 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 props or helicopters in the wild is just there's there's nothing there's nothing that matches it. I can I can stand at a fence for for weeks on end and I I'll love every second of it, but that buzz of, of anticipation of waiting for those jets to come around that brow of that hill is just there's nothing like it. <laughs> and when Some they do the, show off, it's amazing. Photos up there look look brilliant. I was lucky. Uh, I flew through the Mac Loop once in a Juno, um, mm. which is less obviously it's less exciting than a, a Typhoon or whatever you know an F thirty five coming ripping through there. But it was cool yeah. because I'd not been in there before and I'd just seen photos and we did a couple of laps. Um, but just to see hundreds of people camped out yeah. all different levels uh, and then we got back and we had a look online there was loads of great photos and stuff and it was brilliant yeah just really cool and then unfortunately there was that typhoon uh that did that pull out um, yeah we've all seen the video we have we, yeah we, we kind of collectively i say we as the air force because i'm in an air force aircraft that was it we got banned so we weren't allowed to go back yeah such a shame I had my first trip through the Mac Loop, and then about two <laughs> days later, it was like, oh, all our aircraft are banned. And everyone looked at me like, what did you do? I was like, it wasn't me. You did a tailspin through there. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> to, the to be fair, time. I'd love to see a Juno do, uh, do do a close pass to Cad West and then do triple barrel roll as it climbs out. <laughs> Give it a go. Always worth a go. <laughs> that sounds like a plan. <laughs> Um, Matt, before I answer, what's your answer to that, those questions? Um, to be fair, this is, this is going to sound pretty daft, but for me, I want to go down to Coldrose and the Overton just because I need, well, I like, I, just, I like helicopters, I like the Merlin, I like the Wildcat and the stuff that are based over at Coldrose and the Overton. And I've, n I've never never been there, so I really want to give that a try and see, see what we can do. But yeah, I've just always wanted to get... Decent photos of a Merlin just because I think they're really cool. <laughs> yeah, that, yeah, that's, pretty, that's pretty much that one for me, to be honest. Just really want to go down there and see what it's see what it's like down there and things like that. So yeah, that's it for me. And favorite place you've been spotting? Oh, to be fair, this is also this is awesome. This also might come as a surprise, but for me, it's Valley RF Valley. I love Valley just because it's it's really busy, and that's. As a military, as a photographer, it's what you want. You want it to be busy. You want to be taking shots most of the time. Unfortunately, I, I had to leave early because my battery died just 2 p.m. So, and the action oh. was <laughs> so I had to leave really early. But still, I took over like 2,000 shots up until 2 o'clock, 2 o'clock in the afternoon. But yeah, Valley, Valley is just, for me, it's just a really awesome place to spot. I love the Hawks. I love the, I love the little Texans. It's just, yeah, love it. And as well, on top of that, Matt, it's a beautiful part of the world as well. I mean, oh yeah, definitely. The, some, some of the backdrop you can probably see on my Instagram. Some of the back, some of the backdrops you get at Valley are pretty, pretty awesome. Yep, got the Snowdonian mountains in the background. Hell yeah, that's what you want. What about you, Andrew? Come on, let's have a look. What have you got? <laughs> so obviously, the list of favourite places I've been spotting is short because I've only been to one so far. Um, <laughs> but in all fairness, like I say, absolutely epic. Obviously, I was Lake and Heath, Mildenhall, and Marham. Um, just the thing is, we—I say this—we did get there a little bit late. Um, I say a little bit late, and we parked in the spotters' car park. And just before we could get to the, uh, what's it, forest entrance to start taking pictures um, to launch before we had our cameras out. 
the thing is, I wasn't that disappointed because that was my first like jet takeoff in two years. So I just watched this thing go over and listened to it. And it was like, it was like I got that fix. I'm sorry, but I, I don't know if that's an insensitive way to put it. But I just watched and listened and was just like, I've missed that so much. Um, and then luckily we got to the spotless car park, got our cameras out and I think four more launched. The first of which was the Heritage Jet. And I think either the second or third was the Boss Bird. So I got very, very lucky in that instance. Um, so that was good. As for the list of where I want to go, the list is long. Um, I've only <laughs> done the one. I'd love to do the Mac Loop. Um, I'd love to do Coningsby because I'm a big fan of the Typhoons as well. Um, I am very, very biased towards fast jets. Um, I'm not going to lie to you. The good thing for me is that when I said I've worked in Cornwall a few times, I did manage to catch a couple of Merlins around cold droves. Uh, it was at the sort of time I was meant to be signing off work and driving home. <laughs> but then when I checked my radar and there was a Merlin in the area, I had my camera on me. So obviously I had to go and uh, see what I could get. Um, but yeah, I mean, again, this isn't just saying it because you're here, Chris, but I am a big fan of the Merlin. It is an epic looking and sounding chopper. Um, so I'd like, you know, a bit more of that. In actual fact, the second day of me moving into my new house last year, uh, I just heard blades. I just heard, and I was wondering, I was poking my head out the window trying to see what was going on because I could hear it before I could see it. Yeah. Um, and then just all of a sudden, out of nowhere in the golden sunset, a Merlin just went straight over the house. Uh, and it did it two nights in a row. But it was one of those that every night after that, for about a week, I was there going, it was about this sort of time last night. Where is it? <laughs> no joy. But I've got some nice shots of that as well. Um, but the list is long. Germany would be nice uh, to go over to the States, maybe a red flag, something like that. Um, it would be epic because there's so much in the aviation community and, you know, opportunities that we can get. Um, so we've just got to see what the future holds, basically, um, and see how we get on. But, yeah, that's that's my very long-winded answer to your question. <laughs> nice. No, I like it. They're all, they're all good answers. That's it. That's it. Um, just just goes to show the uh, the sort of variation on what people want and what they're interested in and what they what they put at the top of the list, don't they? So yeah, uh, no, it's good stuff. And yeah. even better if you can make a, a holiday or an adventure or something out of it as well, then that just adds That's to it. it. Yeah. yeah, definitely. Yeah, it's about having that good time with friends as well, isn't it? Or like minded people. That's that's the thing I love about the hobby is that like uh, you could be at the fence line of any base in the country and. You, you'll talk to about six or seven people that you've not met before and you'll instantly have something in common to, to talk about. And you'll probably talk to that person for about three or four hours. It's great. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. Oh, nice one. Well, cheers for that, Chris. Appreciate that question. It was a good one. Cheers for that. No worries. Um, but with that being said, um, I think that just about gets us back to base after another flight. Uh, Chris, we hope you enjoyed it uh, and there wasn't too much turbulence. Uh, what we'll do before we'll go, uh, we'll go around the group. Uh, everyone can introduce their social media accounts. Let us know your tags. Let us know where we can find you. Um, Chris, guests first. What, what um, social media platforms are you on and what are your tags? Yeah, so I just, I really just use Instagram. Uh, that's the main thing. Nothing exciting. Uh, Chris underscore suckling 1986 is where you can find me. 
Nice one. Thank you. Uh, and over to you, mate. Uh, yeah. So Instagram, you can find me, Anthony, uh, sorry, Anthony underscore Fogarty underscore aviation. Um, and I'm also on Facebook, which is just Anthony Fogarty. And I do have uh, a YouTube channel, which I keep telling myself I'm going to keep making videos for, but I never have time. So <laughs> that's just Anthony Fogarty as well. But I will try and make some more videos soon. Uh, Matt, what about you, mate? What um, social media platforms are you on? Um, so you can find me on Instagram, uh, Matt underscore Bright underscore Aviation. And that is also the same for Facebook. Nice one. Um, and then myself, uh, Afterburner Aviation. That's on both Instagram and Facebook. Um, obviously, uh, for the main group, uh, it's avgeeks underscore assemble. That is on both uh, Instagram and Facebook as well. Um, but yeah, thank you very much for joining us for episode seven of the AV Geeks Assemble podcast. Uh, we do hope you enjoyed it as much as we did. Uh, please drop us a DM on Instagram or join the Facebook group if you want to leave any feedback. Uh, any feedback is welcome, regardless of, you know, if, if it's positive or whether you've got any constructive criticism, because we are still learning. This is still very new to us, but we are really enjoying it. Um, but yeah, so in episode eight, we'll have another special guest on the podcast. This time we'll be speaking to a stateside aviation photographer from South Carolina, who has gained an amazing following through Instagram and has almost 70,000 followers. When you see his amazing images, you will understand why. So if you can figure out who we mean and you would like to get your questions answered by this prolific Instagram AV togger, please send us a DM on Instagram or we will start a topic on our Facebook group uh, for you to post your questions on there. So thanks again, Chris, uh, for joining us. We do look forward to seeing your images over the next few months. Um, but yeah, thank you very much, mate. We appreciate your time. Cheers, guys. Thank Cheers. you very much. It's been great. It's been great, Chris. Pleasure. Awesome. Um, yeah, but for everyone else, uh, stay safe out there and we will see you at the fence.